Welcome to The Influenced Podcast. I'm Ella Dace, a social media manager and fashion designer. And I'm Bart Dace, a businessman by day, but more importantly, Ella's insta-husband. Together, we run a social media company called Ella Resort Creative. We're here to talk about the social business world and the power of influence, how we learn from some and give to others. Welcome to 2020. Yeah, amazing. New decade it is. So exciting. Mm. Um, Before we jump into this week's episode, we just wanted to quickly touch base on the giveaway that we were doing from our previous episode. It is at the very end of the episode, so it could have been missed by a couple of people, but it's super exciting. Morgan from Slumberjack has very kindly offered some airpods yeah that's it and i think we put up there you know the podcast and uh obviously being christmas people might have missed it so we just wanted to highlight that that it is available all you need to do is give us a little review on itunes on itunes and then uh, morgan's going to pick the winner and Morgan will sign them for you too. Yes, yes, yes. It took some convincing that. Nah, just kidding. He loves giving away signatures. He's uh, loving the famous life, that's for sure. And we love him. So thank you so much, Morgan. Yeah, shout out. Thanks, Morgan. You're awesome. Okay, so let's get stuck in. Yeah, so 2020, um, big, big change of the decade, actually. I feel like, um, yeah, it's a bit of a reset button for us. And uh, yeah, a new decade, a new start, a new year. And as always, you sort of... Um, probably take stock of uh, what you did in the last year and the last decade and that sort of stuff. And, yeah. you know, we, we had a really, really good uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah, 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 it was so much fun. I but, think that was probably, I'm going to say second best because the best obviously has to be the one we got married. Yeah, correct. So <laughs> stroke of genius on my part, we got married on New Year's Eve. Because oh, it was all your idea. Yeah, it was pretty, it was my idea. <laughs> so I can't, I don't, A, don't have to plan anything for New Year's Eve because we're always doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and B, I don't ever forget it because, uh, you know, that's a standard boy move where he forgets the, anniversary and that's uh, not at risk for me so yeah that's good but yeah the actual gig was awesome so we went to a festival a camping festival with a whole bunch of our mates and so much fun i think like i said that was probably the best new year's i have ever had yeah 100 percent. it was (laughs) it was just such a good group of friends and really good music and yeah and also a lot of old friends right so we haven't seen these boys and and girls for a long time so it was good for a bit of a catch-up obviously perth crew so shout out to the perth crew it's absolutely amazing gig (laughs) <laughs> You're rolling your eyes over me. You know it's true. No, it was really, really good. And, um, yeah, good celebration, lots of fun, uh, good turn of the decade. And I think, um, you know, for everybody, there was a lot of talk around, um, you know, New Year's resolutions and those sorts of things, which mm-hmm. I always find it, it's a bit of a stickler point, isn't it? Because you come up with a New Year's resolution and a couple of weeks later it goes down the drain a bit, doesn't it? They say that, like, 80% of people by February stop pursuing then your resolution. Yeah. yeah, correct. A lot of that is also no drinking, right? But then Australia Day is just around the corner, so I don't know how that's Yeah, so you start out. from February pretty much. Yeah, that's fine. 11 out of 12 months is not a bad effort, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, good. So, um, yeah, in terms of what we wanted to talk about today, I think it's more of a welcome back episode. Um, we're not going to go too hard, too heavy, but we did want to talk about a little bit of our process around uh, the end of the year. So 2019 was a very big year for us. I think uh, emotionally uh, it was a bit of a draining one for everybody. They sort of... T- 
carry the same badge and, and feel the same way about it. Um, but we definitely wanted to sort of uh, do a bit of a review on 2019 um, and figure out, you know, where the biggest obstacles were and, and obviously the lessons learned, specifically in your business, Ella. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so what we did, we sat down actually Christmas Day out of all days. Yep. <laughs> Only because our, my family's away, so we didn't have too much planned. So it was it was a good day. Yeah. We yeah. had a really lovely champagne breakfast and little <laughs> little beach hang, and then we came home and sat down and just went through our biggest obstacles, what we learned from them, and what we want to improve on for this year, so that we yep. can give the business. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Hashtag. No, but that's it. I mean, we literally had a champagne breakfast, try to take it as a bit of a light on, a bit of a, a pat yourselves on the back, have a glass of shampoos in the morning, which yeah. is just for a disclaimer, we don't do that very often at all. No. Uh, that was probably the first time in the year. And then, uh, you know, wrote down the biggest obstacles we, we had and, and overcame. And a lot of those are sort of um, dollars and cents, you know, uh, quantitative um, sort of obstacles. Uh, but more of those were, were qualitative obstacles. So ones you can't quite put your finger on exactly and, and write down on paper very explicitly uh, but nonetheless equally important for the business so um, we wrote down sort of our top three this year sweetie what was what was at the top of the list there so the first one probably because we launched our business in January so the number one hurdle was just to get clients yep. just to get them in the door making sure that we're attracting people to the business yeah prospecting and, and getting it correct um, is also a bit of fun and there's a process around that I mean we did some training with you around obviously you know introducing yourself to a customer getting them to know you, doing a proposal document, uh, outlining what is in the proposal and in the, the scope of works that you're going to do, getting the customer happy with that on board and then sort of signing off. So there was some documentation around that. So we had to get the process around documentation written up, onboarding. make sure there was, yeah, yeah, onboarding, you know, details, bank account details, you know, primary contact, you know, method of contact, also pretty good because some yeah. people like emails, some people like calls, some people like both, some people like none. And you need to set that boundary from the beginning, which was also something that I learned during the year because the there's obviously people that just have no boundaries and yes. from having that process in place and doing those little little things from the beginning sets those boundaries for both you and the client. Yeah, it does. It does. It really sets the expectations early on mm-hmm. um, and, and the methodology around that was, was really, really good. So you started off, you know, um, sort of stumbling through the process once it was flattened out you did it a couple of times customers really yeah. you know commented on how you know, easy it was to start work with you. I think because in the beginning you're still getting your confidence so you still have that little bit of imposter syndrome in the beginning and you're like I don't know if I'm actually good at this like is is this actually what I'm going to be doing and once you find that confidence within yourself then it becomes a much easier process and then you start attracting more people because like attracts like and yeah, all the rest of that. Agreed. And also like when you put down in the proposal what you're actually going to do for someone, it outlines what you're doing. And mm. it's funny, when you know all these things in your head and you put it down on paper, then all of a sudden you go, wow, I actually do know heaps of stuff. Yeah. And that actually looks really good. Wow, that, that's excellent. And it, it sort of, like you said, builds that confidence, which I think was a big hurdle for you. Having that actual confidence of, of getting people on board from zero to a customer is, yeah, it is a, it's a bit of a brave move and you being a bit of an introvert is it was a really big hurdle for you so yeah. i definitely think that was at the top of the list yeah yeah okay. and number two number two 
vetting clients? Vetting clients, that's correct. So choosing the right clients or getting the right clients. So, you know, a lot of people would approach a business and be like, oh, you do this service, I want your service, let's do it. And, you know, nine times out of ten when you don't have a customer, you'll take any customer and that's totally fair. But when you start getting to a point that you've actually got quite a few customers in your pipeline and you've got a lot of people that can work with you and do want to work with you, you can actually choose the customers that you want. And uh, we had a one or two particularly interesting customers that, um, yeah, we basically had to sort of let go um, because they, again, didn't understand the boundaries, didn't understand the process, uh, didn't understand the service itself and just sort of, I suppose, took too much of your time and effort. And yeah, do you want to talk through that? Because that was pretty frustrating for you. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, okay. So I think the first one, they have never really worked with a contractor before. Mm. So it was a lot of what I need from them exactly. And they weren't a hundred percent willing to give me what I need in order for them, for us to work together, which was really strange. I was like, Oh, I need, I need this information. They're like, Oh, why? And I was like, Oh, because I don't really know anything about your business and I need to do as much research as possible. And they, they just sort of expected me just to like dive in and know. And I was like, no, like I have these questions because yeah. I need to get to know as much as possible, especially if, if I'm going to create all of your content for you. Yeah, well, strategic alignment's the word there, yeah, right? Mm. So if you work for a company, they do training, they do induction, you get yeah. to learn about the business, you exactly. talk to people the whole time, you're there, you're in the environment. So the subcontractor life is really good because you have sort of people at, that are somewhat disposable and they come yeah. in and do a work and then, and then go. But the, again, that little piece of not being completely strategically aligned makes your job a little bit harder and like creates a little bit of a hurdle yeah. and especially when everybody else is a contractor which was that case and then with that customer they also don't specifically know or don't want to share everything correctly so everybody's kind well, of there, it was a learning process for both of us it was a learning process for them and for me and you know I've worked with people where they're like this is our onboarding package we've got it all ready here you go here is everything you need to know about our business and like this is Perfect. Yeah, yeah. And actually, that, that actually turned around as part of the process. So now we have an onboarding pack and ask sort of those similar questions yeah. to try and get that information straight off the bat. And again, a lot of the customers that you have are sort of startups, right? So they don't yeah. have this information or have that process. But it's good to help them to create it because Agreed. they'll need it in the long run. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So that was a bit of a bigger customer at first, um, which obviously it didn't work very well. And, and we parted ways amicably, which was fair. It was nice. But at yeah. the same time, if they had done that on the way in, you probably could have done a lot more for a them. A lot more, yeah. Yeah, which would have been nice. That's for sure. And then you had another one or two other customers that didn't understand boundaries. We won't name names. But, um, yeah, you had a sort of an international customer. Oh, it's just, it's, it gives me anxiety if I wake up to 50 text messages. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not okay. (laughs) Yeah. And also like asking you why you've done stuff instead of just like, you know, asking too many questions about why you're doing stuff, not actually just letting you get on with the job. Like Mm. that person was paying you to do something and yet just spent the whole time like quizzing you about it all. Don't get me wrong. Education is key. Like you want to educate a customer as to what you're doing. No, definitely. But that's why you track and report all your stuff. So you do reporting every week. It's like, here's your report. Here's the work. This is what's done. Happy days. Yeah. But when they're bombarding you with 50 WhatsApp messages at two in the morning. Boundaries. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) So that didn't go very well. Anyway. Okay. Number three. Yeah. Number three is showcasing value. Yes. Correct. And just ongoingly, because I think those first few months, you know, everyone's really excited. And then after maybe the third or fourth month, 
if you're not consistently showing value and showing what it is that you do, they'll just think that it's automatically happening. And if they try to take it over themselves, like I've, I've, been, I've discussed this with a couple of my other friends that are also social media managers. And when someone tries to take it back over themselves and they're like, oh, you actually did a lot. Yeah. Like it's actually a lot harder than... Yeah, it looks, seems yeah. that there's a lot of planning, research, strategy that goes behind just posting the picture. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just see the end result and they think, oh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. But a lot of people struggle because they don't know what to post. They don't know what to write. All yeah. of those little things that we put a lot of time and research into, like it's all, it yeah. all comes down to researching your client and customer and making sure that you know what it is that they need to know. Yeah, exactly. And that takes time. A caption Mm. doesn't just come out of thin air. No, it doesn't. It's very time consuming. And I suppose that's the whole point. Like the end product is essentially a photo with some words below it, right? Mm. In its simplistic form. What you don't see is the two hours you've taken to get the right photo, make sure it's colored correctly, get the writing correct. Like you said, finding the target audience, finding related posts, trying to, you know. Yeah, and all of these posts at the end of the day, they need to convert, right? Or they need to make sure that there is a call to action happening. So all of the posts together build your brand and needs to have a call to action, which will then lead to a conversion. Yep. So yep. It, there, there is a lot of thought that goes into it. It's not just yeah, a peach a emoji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And um, I mean, so that's the thing. I mean, when you do your strategy with with showing the value proposition, there are wax on, wax off customers, which you sort of bring on board for a one month, two month, three month trial. Yeah, and show the strategy. them what to do. Yep, show, and train them up. Train Correct. Them. It is a training and education, and then they yep. go, "Cool, I'm going to disappear for a bit and have a crack." And that's good. Yeah, it is good, and that's fine as long as they do that from the outset. But then you get those customers like, "Oh, I want you forever. It's going to be a year. Fine." So you start doing the work and you haven't trained them up and then like you said they go oh we'll, we'll actually take it over for a bit and like, cool no worries and then they eventually don't do so well and come back to you yeah. so that's sort of happening now as well so I think it's, it, there's a big lesson there for you to always educate your customers a little bit and then also try and train them a little bit but yeah. then also get that value proposition come across so they're just happy for you to do it because mm-hmm. I know a couple of your customers are going look that's way too hard you just do it yeah and that's kind of what what you're there for right yeah, exactly. Point. That's my job, Brad. It is your job. <laughs> <laughs> correct. Very much correct. But in saying that, all of these, I guess they were up these biggest three hurdles, mm. but they were also the biggest three lessons. So yes. what we took from those three things, we implemented that into our brand new 2020 strategy. Yes. So we have a lot more communication happening with the client, more detail. Yeah. Yeah, better onboarding process, better questions, um, better process. And bear in mind, for a business, right, an actual business, you have to write this all down. So yeah. we're actually building the business process, writing it all down uh, so that, you know, one day when the business is a big business, someone else can go, oh, what happens in this scenario? And there it is written down, right? It's yeah. nice and easy. Oh, and so, we have more people that we want to work for the business. We can just yep. be like, here, just read yep. this. I Here's don't your onboarding pack. Yeah. Here's your training pack. This yeah. is what we do, yeah. And, I mean, that's the thing. From a customer journey perspective, you have onboarding, obviously customer management, tracking and reporting. And then the big one, which is also good for us, was sort of um, the exiting, right? So outboarding. Um, customer's going to leave. You obviously want to leave them happy and healthy and whatever and, and doing the job and, and give them that little bit of value when they go. So the full customer journey scope is, is actually been built into a, a process for us and we're writing it all down. And then there's a couple of really funky, like, 
like apps and extensions that we sort of picked up along the way. Oh, yeah. So we should probably talk about those. So we have we have I have only just started playing yeah. with these. So we'll, we'll come back and tell you guys how these go. But one of them was PandaDoc. Um, so sort of a digital proposal and a sort of customer contract plus uh, sign-on and timeline control. So they have like a, a digital sign-off. What do they call it? DocuSign? DocuSign. So this is an extension to zero. Yes. And I didn't know this, but so just before the end of the year, I did, um, I had a little meeting with a new client and he is in yeah. tax and finance, accounting, all that really cool stuff. and <laughs> Super fun. Yeah. All the stuff I don't know about, but yeah. obviously he yeah. does. And he said that Zero has all of these extensions and plugins, which yeah. blew my mind. And I was like, oh, my goodness, there is more automation available, yeah, which makes and, me really... And not for a hell of a lot of money yeah. either. It's like, yeah, here's a, here's one, um, what's it, Receipt Bank, right? So every time mm-hmm. you go out and take a customer for lunch or whatever, take a photo, matches the straight to a transaction and sends yeah. it to your account. Job done, right? Yep. That's awesome. And then you've got PandaDoc extension. By the way, if you want an account in software, zero is it. Yeah. We've done QuickBooks before. No. Ooh, tough gig. It's just so difficult. Oh, so hard. Zero, zero is yeah. epic. If you're a small business and you don't have a software yet, definitely get zero. Yep. I feel like since we got it, it's just, oh, it's... I feel like our business is so pro now. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and the thing is, like I sat there, I spent a day watching the videos built into the, you know, it's a web application. You log in online. We spent a day watching the videos, set up all the bank rules, and then now we just rock up, reconcile the accounts, do the payrolls, do the pay runs. It's, it's all built in there. It's really epic. Mm. And we've just taken on a, a, you know, a new staff member. You have to set her up. It literally takes less than 10 minutes to have her set up. We're talking like ABN, the whole kit and caboodle, uh, including Super, took less than 10 minutes. It's, it's excellent. So quick shout-out for Zero. Yeah. Big, big fan. So how would you say, like, what would your process be around setting goals for 2020? So we first, we go over what our biggest hurdles were, how we can improve to make sure that those hurdles become lessons. Yes. And then from there, we go through and set goals. Yeah. Yeah, correct. So, so, I mean, what you really want to do is put yourself in the customer's shoes. So Mm -hmm. everything is customer service these days. Like everything, everything, everything is customer service. So um, you basically put yourself in the customer's shoes going, cool, these are the issues that we've had or that has been aired to us or that we've perceived from our side or, you know, their side. Mm -hmm. Put yourself in the customer's shoe and go, if I was a customer, how would I like to see this process driven? And if I was a business employee employee or, you know, owner, how how would I want the process to be done? So essentially writing down the biggest hurdles, trying to unpack exactly what went wrong and what could be done better and then put you know, a process or you know, a strategy around how to manage that moving forward. And again, some of them are easy, right? Some of them is like, cool, there's this, this plugin extension that will solve this problem, no worries, tick box. Yeah. But then there's also the second part of putting in that new process and then double-checking that process and making sure it doesn't just disappear because a lot of these are topics that are recurring. Right. So the value proposition of like, yeah, cool, um, you know, perceived value for a customer that sometimes comes in the onboarding process, the questionnaire, all comes in the track and reporting. So, you know, you can do a full report for a customer, which you do weekly and be like, hey, how did that report actually look for you? Did you get what you want yeah. out of it? Does it make sense? Right. Yeah. So you were doing a lot of numbers stuff. And we identified that we probably want a graph in there, like a really nice one-page graph. Mm. And that also comes down to how the customers see stuff. Like some customers like numbers, like exact numbers, and can read those numbers. Some people are not numbers people. They just want a graph, Mm -hmm. like a very simple graph. So I suppose it's, yeah, identifying the the issue, unpacking it all, um, putting in a resolution, and then, you know, testing that resolution and and fine-tuning it down the track is, is the way we like to look at it. Yeah, my general process, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, we just... 
after we did all of that, we sat down and we're like, right, what do we want to achieve for the year? And we wrote down some other goals. Yes. Yes. More macro goals. So bigger goals for the business, um, bigger Mm -hmm. goals for you, um, potential, you know, growth areas and that sort of stuff. So I suppose a wish list is what you'd want to call it. It kind of is because I mean, you know, when you've got a business, it's all in your hands. Where do you want to take it? So, you know, we've got a a friend of ours, Max, he's a plumber, right? And he's very happy just running his own business, just a one man band. And that's what he wants out of it. Happy days. So some people want to scale a business. Like one of our friends, Chris uh, owns Splend, right? Which is, you know, massive and it's around the world and it's got thousands of employees all of a sudden in the last two to three years. So for us, it's, it's literally a wish list of where we want to take the business and where we're happy taking it within a a certain period of time so for us you know we kind of want to have you know three or four or five employees by the end of this year that's a really nice soft target right Mm. so if we can do that then excellent but you know if we can't do it then we'll need to understand why we couldn't do it what went wrong what's going to be good and then readjust our goals for 2021 and see see what's actually achievable and i think that in that you know goal setting strategy it does need to be achievable it does need to be timely yeah. Right. So they need to be smart goals. Smart goals. What do smart goals mean, sweetie? <laughs> Specific, measurable, actionable, actionable, reasonable, reasonable, and, and timely. Good effort. I'm surprised you remember that. Yes. Just. Just. <laughs> Just checking your uni books on the side quickly, googling. <laughs> no, that's good. But yeah, I mean, look. At the end of uh, 2019, I think we did a nice little wrap up. I think it was a really good year for both of us. Um, really good year. I for feel the like business. we went into the year without having real particular goals and I think it was maybe June or July I sat down I was like right I'm actually going to do some goals for the next six months and I managed to smash all those goals so I think as soon as you write them down and like I know I've said this in another podcast and when then when you tell someone yeah then that's when... a verbal contract. Yeah, got to do it, yeah. Well, we do that to each other all the time. Like, right, yeah. I want to do this. And then you'll ask me about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I actually better do that. And I think writing it down is, is key, right? People are always like, write down your goals. But rah, it rah, actually rah. does. It actually like, works. Yeah. yeah. You absolutely so need to do that. So putting it out into the universe. Yeah, well, if you don't plan, you plan to fail, right? Correct. So how, do you, how can you track success if you're like always just, you know, walking around aimlessly and not really well, sure Well, exactly. If you know where you want to end up, then you will start working towards that place. Whereas yep. if you you don't know where you want to go then where you will go anywhere yeah exactly. like or nowhere really exactly right yeah no agree agree completely it's one of those things um and it, the goal and strategy sessions like you said we didn't do one in 2019 we still achieved a couple of goals and they yeah. were sort of verbal and i think that's why we wanted to structure this a lot harder this year yeah. we're like right we're going to do these things and we're going to write them down and also you know we want to be micro ambitious so we want to do like one year set of goals don't do 10 year planning i mean you can do 10 year planning it's always nice to have a 10 year plan a five year plan so a long medium and short-term plans but really it's the goals the one goal in front of you that you want to get Um, and if you're you know 10% better this year 10% better next year the compounding effect means over a period of 10 years you'll be way 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 better so I think that's um, that's kind of how we're going to do it and um, I think 2020 has kicked off really well for us obviously we had a good turn of the new year yeah Um, however it hasn't been quite that nice for everybody around the country has it it's absolutely devastating yeah like one of our friends that came away with us over New Year, she actually lost someone to the bushfires happening in Australia at the moment and it's absolutely heartbreaking. It's yeah. it's so devastating. I've got cousins in Poland messaging me, asking me if I'm okay. I'm yeah. okay in Perth, but yeah. my goodness, like have you seen some of the videos where they're showing footage from 3 o'clock in the afternoon and the sky is just pitch black yeah. and... Yeah. 
very rough. And all the animals. And yeah. But it's it's uh, one of those things. It's an actual natural disaster. I mean, I, we don't, I don't know how it started, but it's been burning for months. Like, it actually has. for months. And, um, yeah, I mean, Kangaroo Island, just south of South Australia, where we stay, um, oh, the whole just, island's just been wiped out. I saw out. a before and after satellite image, and it's just... Yeah, pretty severe. Can't. So what we're going to do is, for this podcast below, we're going to put a couple of links if anyone would like to donate yep. to the bushfires, then yep. we'll put up a whole bunch of Yeah, yeah we'll put up a couple of links pages. and some pages. I think there's some GoFundMe ones going up and that sort yeah. of stuff. And the thing is that the firefighters is the big ones, right? So firefighters are up there not really getting paid or getting paid at all or getting mm-hmm. paid nothing, and they're all volunteers. So they're away from their families over Christmas, you know, away from their families over New Year's, yeah. up, in, you know, up in, the, in the fires, literally fighting fires. That's yeah. the very, very Do you know brave. what has been really incredible, though? The power of social media yep. on the last, I think, the last three days in particular, yep. there has been millions of dollars raised yep. and influencers influencers with huge followings yep. are using their influence to raise that. so much money. I think yep. one influencer has raised nearly $10 million, yep. Absolutely which is that. incredible. And yep. so see social media is so powerful in that yep. sense as well, just bringing just people bringing together and yeah. Making sure that we can actually make a difference yep. without the government. Well, yes, yeah, Gomo is not doing so well. Um, he, there was actually a video of him trying to shake firefighters' hands, and they were like not even interested because I think he went on holiday. I'm not 100 percent on the story, but I think he went on holiday, and uh, yeah, while the fires were on, and, and he got a bit of backlash around that. But yeah. just going back to sort of the social media and the power of like during Christmas time, we specifically don't watch TV. We don't yeah. want to be around TV, and we try to like take away from technology a little bit. Mm-hmm. But even then, like you, you jump on social media and right at the top. There it is, you know, fires here, fires there. That's TikTok. Sort of stuff. It's like I yep. was on TikTok yesterday and there was just so many videos of firefighters giving koalas water, yep. um, the choppers picking up water from yep. the from swimming pools in people's backyards, yep. people on the beach and like people, I think there was one where this family were on the beach and she made a TikTok video of escaping the fires and then she mm. made like a little celebratory video yeah. after and I was like, it's... Yeah, it's crazy, man. And like Kane and Pia put up a couple of posts and a couple um, yeah. videos and, and obviously, you know, there's, there's some photos there that actually looked photoshopped. They do not look yeah, real. Yeah, they don't look real. There's a kid with a gas mask on, her teddy bear and this massive fire behind her and they're like, they're literally the caption was like, this is not photoshopped. This is an actual photo, which honestly scares it scares the crap out of me that's that's not cool yeah all of the animals that have been displaced and yeah they were saying what's six thousand hectares worth of area has been burnt so it's bigger than the amazon it's 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 been more than what's burnt in the amazon yeah which is just nuts that is absolutely flipping crazy but anyway just uh yeah wanted to shout out to the firefighters guys great effort it's um really 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 impressive um to see how the country has bound together a bit um and obviously trying to fight these things and and we take our hats off uh to all the people that are doing obviously the firefighting and the social media people raising awareness so um those that have the following distribute the information let's let's get some coin together and let's just try and help out i mean the other day i played golf yesterday and they had a big jar on the front of the bar saying raise for firefighters yeah, and there was 50 great. and 100 dollar notes in there so that's good I, th- I think it's very very good at yeah. least people are doing everything they can so that's good to see yes yes it is anyway so okay. no more negative <laughs> let's try and keep it positive so next week i'm sitting down with my gorgeous friend eloise who is also a social media manager freelance from yep. home so we have a lot to talk about yep. we're going to be talking about our top tips for your 2020 
any social media strategy, as well as making sure that you're supporting your friends in business, yeah. especially if they're a small business or working from home or how you can support them without actually spending money. <laughs> you know, well, it's a big thing. Yeah, and is. just how we actually met because that's a really cute story. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose she's a bit of your work colleague as much as she can be yeah. in the digital environment. It's funny because we both work from home, right? And then if something, ha- well, say for example, if you're in the office and something happens and you have a big vent and you're like, oh my God, this just happened. Or if mm. you're, like when I was in retail, oh, this customer was super annoying, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> if something happens on social media or in our line of work, then I'll send her a voice packet via yeah. DM. I'm like, oh, I just need, I just needed to tell someone. And she's like, no, tell me, yeah. tell me it's fine. <laughs> I'm so thankful, yeah. so grateful for her. Literally lunchroom chat yeah. at home from your own kitchen. Yeah. You need the support, man. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely do. And that's the thing. And I suppose, you know, in these, these days and ages, it's, uh, you know, working from home and digital nomad lifestyle is probably going to become a bit more prevalent. People can do a hell of a lot more from home. And I think that is going to be a bit of a hot topic moving forward, sort of um, yeah. supporting each other. You know. It's a massive, massive change and it's happening so much in mm. every workplace. I think you just, you're, so for most people, you work a lot better from home. Yeah. Less distractions. You're on your time. Yeah, not initially. The first couple of times you do, we work from home, you kind of take the piss a little bit because you're like, oh, this is fun, I'm at home, I can do whatever I want. And then after a while, you're like, wow, I've got no distractions, I actually can get heaps done. It could be just you. No, it's not just me. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, it's good. But anyway, um, I think, yeah, just to wrap this up, uh, welcome back to everybody. Um, Yes. Happy 2020. Hope everyone had a really good new year and we are looking forward to lots more podcasts yes. in 2020 with you guys yeah, exactly right we've done our strategy we've got them all written down and we do uh, yeah we can't yep. wait to roll it out for you so we'll leave it there for today thanks very much for your and time don't forget for. to participate in our giveaway yes correct all you have to do is comment morgan will pick out the best i think we're gonna have to draw at the end of the month what do you think morgan we'll, we'll let him decide he'll yeah. he'll have a look it's for the best comment on itunes that's it so yes thank you thanks guys bye, bye. bye.